0: Bertha Charuma on SAFM.
1: Anyway, I think let's get our guest online and um, let's talk about um, rooting out corruption. You know, key is key to reducing poverty in Africa. Lakmo Chivandire, online author and researcher at Stellenbosch University. Good evening and welcome to the Viewpoint.
2: Good evening, Bertha. Thank you for extending your invitation to join your insightful program. It's my pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for making time. So there is a book that has been written. Um, Just unpack a little bit so that we have context to our conversation.
2: Thank you so much, Beta. So uh, sometimes in 2022, about 18 authors across the African continent uh, sat together and decided to come up with a book uh, that links corruption and poverty in Africa. So basically, this book uh, uh, highlights the fact that for us to be able to eradicate poverty in this world, it is very important that we eliminate the problem of corruption. So you find out that uh, the majority of the problems that the African continent is currently facing can be eliminated if we reduce poverty but now for us to reduce poverty it is very difficult if we experience the current level of corruption that we have at the moment
1: yeah but why is it that it has become something that you know that is so prevalent on the african continent once we get our independence I, i yet have to come across a an African country, okay, fine. With the Emirates, it's a different story. Um, they're the Arabs, but especially the southern part of Africa. Why is this so? From your research, maybe just give me a little bit of insight from your research whilst you're researching for this book. Um, you know, for the 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 book that has been published. What were your findings?
2: All right. So you, I, I listened to the voice note that you played a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. and the the person actually highlighted some of the problems. So, in Africa, you find out that we have got leaders who are corrupt themselves. So these are the people who are supposed to champion the fight against corruption, but when these people are corrupt, we cannot expect them to implement policies that will send them to jail. So one thing is we don't have leaders. We have got corrupt leaders and we do not expect them to fight corruption. At the same time, there is no consequence management. If you read across uh, several uh, studies that have been carried out about corruption in the COVID-19 funds over the past three years, you will be shocked with the number of high-profile people, high-profile politicians and connected individuals who were implicated. But let us just ask ourselves the question, how many of those people are in prison at the moment? You will find an insignificant number. So we don't have consequence management. People are free to do whatever they want, and they will go away with it, especially when we have leaders who are corrupt so basically i think it all goes to leadership we need to have capable leaders for us to fight this stage
1: but as a society as citizens of the of, of of you know of our countries why can't we drive the narrative of accountability where we force the very leaders to say okay you've decided you are going to work for us as you know the drivers of, of the nation why can the, you know the citizens not be so powerful i mean we toy toy for so many things you know we hold placards for so many things why can we not push for that narrative to say you have to be you ought to be accountable
2: that's a very important question that you are asking if you look at the majority of the countries in the southern part of Africa, you'll find out that yeah, we have got more of dictators in, in, in leadership. So South Africa, maybe aside, if you look at the other countries, it is not easy for people or for the public to protest if, I mean, or to air their grievances if they feel something is wrong. So that is the first point. The second point is public participation or civic engagement on its own cannot work to root up corruption. There is need for more or there is need for all stakeholders, which include the I mean the judiciary, which includes the academia, including the media, so that we can come up with policies that curb corruption. So if we have got the public, that is vibrant. If we have got civic society, that is vibrant. And we don't have an enabling environment like a judiciary that sees to it that the concerns of the people are respected, then there's nothing that is going to work. So what is required is for everyone to put their hands on the jet. Otherwise, with only one part of the system working, it will not work.
1: I just got, um, you know, a, a couple of um, WhatsApps. Let me just go to one. Uh, it reads, corruption is from highest level to lowest level in all nine provinces of South Africa, in all departments, and all sectors, in all processes. Uh, there, there's corruption from highest level to management to lowest level management, including senior manager. Unfortunately, they didn't leave their name. And it, it, it's something that most probably, I don't know, We we lack, we lack integrity we lack consciousness, we we just lack, you know, our moral compass has become so secure. It's almost like we, we, we just operate on autopilot. And as we see that our actions, where corruption is concerned, our actions actually are very detriment to the livelihood of those that do not have a voice or the capability to contribute or to have the power to make decisions. And, yeah... I'm, I'm just I'm just baffled. But I think maybe let's uh, try and see if we've got some more voice notes. Um, 0614-104-107. And please, when you send your voice notes, just make sure that um, there's no um, disturbance in the background. It's nice, it's clear, and it's clean so that we can really hear what you're articulating. Or otherwise, give us a call on 86 2032 And I do have my guest online. That's uh, Lakmo Chiwandire, author and researcher at Stellenbosch University. And uh, he is a co-author of um, the, you know, the published uh, a, a scholarly, or should I call it a published book? Let me just say a published book. Um, the Nexus Between Poverty and Cor- Corruption. And we are talking about how corruption diverts resources, how corruption makes the African continent so bleak and, you know, we, we end up having, you know, we are so poverty stricken, not because the African continent does not have the resources, but because we just mismanage the resources. Let's take a small break. We'll be back.
0: Bertha Charuma on SAFM.
1: And this is The Viewpoint. I'm in for Songhezo. It is half past eight and I have my guest online, uh, Lakmo Chivandire, author and researcher at Stellenbosch University and talking about the book, The Nexus Between Poverty and Corruption, which be, which has been published and talking about poverty. I've got a, a WhatsApp here that says, what is poverty? The previous way of living was the norm. Are they calling the old way of living Poverty. Okay, I'm not so sure. Maybe you can help me there, Lakmo. But I think also let's go to um the voice notes, Lakmo. What's your take?
2: Yeah, let me comment on the second. I mean, the first voice note, uh, the the person who spoke about something for something and nothing for nothing. Yeah, actually, the problem we have is uh, this mainly affects those who are poor. Because we find out that when someone is poor, they may they have got limited resources, and when they have limited resources in an environment that is very corrupt, these people will be forced to pay bribes, and when they are forced to pay bribes for them to get maybe access to public services like their national ID, like electricity, among others, we end up having a cycle of prof- I mean a cycle of poverty. Whereby resources are diverted away from the people who are supposed to get them. So, uh, something for something is, that is the situation at the moment. And I want to comment on the third, uh, I mean, the second voice note that uh, spoke about we are in a situation which is now untenable. What I would like to say is we can do something about this. It, it begins with teaching morals. Let us help a situation whereby people or we teach our young kids the good morals, we teach them values, we teach them integrity at a very young age. We need to groom capable and responsible citizens at a very young age. And in this book where uh, we dedicated a whole chapter about moral values whereby we are saying if we teach people good morals, we may have responsible citizens by the end of the day. And we may win
1: this fight against corruption yeah it's it's just a very very tricky scenario because other countries if you go to china or let me go even to the sharia law where basics stealing you will have your hand taken away the very the very hand that led you to do what you do what you did you you know and and, and it it sounds very draconian but it seems to work. So why can't we implement something that is draconian to just stop this this nonsense? Because every department is just, you know, I, for me to have this conversation, it, it really touches a very, very raw nerve. But I think, let me take one more, one more um, a voice note.
2: Hi, good evening. Uh, we always, as a freak, we always try to put a face on corruption. Uh, 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 we are poor. All the corruption and poorness come from somewhere. It, it's, it's not made in Africa. Some people come and teach us to corrupt each other uh, because they want our resources. They make us poor. We are not poor. We have to change our um, uh, mindset about everything that we do because if not you will stay uh, thinking that we are poor, we, we are corrupt because they always try to put a black face on corruption have to be very careful in Africa when we talk about corruption because corruption is not part of our ancestry roots. Uh, we didn't know about corruption before uh, colonization. Everything came to Africa.
1: Yeah, that is so true. Yeah, like more.
2: Yes, I think uh, the listener you making an important point. Uh, we are not poor as a country, as a continent. You know, Africa has got the. It's the richest continent in the in this world but we are also the poorest with what the poorest population so I do not agree with uh, what he's saying about uh, we are not corrupt we are the most corrupt continent across the world maybe you need to say maybe we, we we inherited this corruption from elsewhere but when we inherited it now we are, we are now we have now we are now better than those people who taught, us to, who taught us to be corrupt. So with corruption, if you look at Transparent International Corruption Perception Indices for 2022, out of 20 most corrupt countries in this world, 18 are from Africa. So this does not paint a good picture about us. We have the resources, we have all the minerals that you might think of, But we are begging, we go to beg for donor funds. So what is the common denominator There, It is corruption. Because if we are not corrupt, we are going to have a situation where we distribute these resources equally among among ourselves. So I think we are corrupt. Mm.
1: Let's go to Mike in Newlands. Mike, good evening. Welcome to The Viewpoint. (coughs) Hi, good evening. Thank you
0: so much. And uh, just listening to your show, uh, with was one year that it, I couldn't... <laughs> sorry, I had to just phone in and make two points. First of all, uh, Oliver Tambo, he was the one who said, a corrupt ANC will be far worse than apartheid. And I think that point is being proven right now. And it was Chris Harney who said, what I fear is that the liberators emerge as elitists. who drive around in Mercedes-Benzes and use the resources of this country to live in palaces and to gather riches. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that is exactly where we are in South Africa today. And the reason for that, in my opinion, and I hope you, I think your guests might agree with me, is that there are no consequences for your actions. And that is simply because the way we operate in this country, I'm talking about South Africa, not the rest of Africa, is there's no accountability for the people that we put into power. So the, the Member of Parliament that sits in the House and represents me here, Mike from Newlands, in Newlands, has no idea who I am does not come from my constituency, is not put there by me, he's put there by Luke, Luke Freely House, and he is there at the behest of the ANC, or whatever government is the day. it might not be the ANC, hopefully next year it will be the DA or somebody else, or a coalition, but the point is, people elect people, or have no, sorry, people are people, we, we me personally, I can't elect the person that represents me in Parliament. Therefore, he can steal and do what he likes. He doesn't respond to whatever I say he must do. He simply responds and reports to the people that put him in the house so he can earn a lot of money, drive a Mercedes-Benz and live in a palace. Thank you.
1: Interesting, Mike. Uh, thanks for that call. That's Mike in Newlands. Let's just take a small break and um, Luckmore, I would like you to you know, give your your, your input in that regard when we get back.
0: Bertha Charuma on SAFM.
1: And we're talking about rooting out corruption, you know, as a key to reducing poverty in Africa. And our conversation was triggered by a book that was recently um, uh, published by Cambridge Scholars Publishing. And the book is The Nexus Between Poverty and Corruption. And our guest this evening is Lakmo Chivandire, author and researcher at Stellenbosch University, who also um, is uh, part author to this, to the particular book. Let's go to J.N. Uh, Somerset. Good evening and welcome to The Viewpoint.
3: Oh, hi. Thank you. Brilliant book. I'd love to read it. OK, first of all, um, it seems like the government is actually building smart cities in Pretoria for the Chinese and an african gentleman phoned and said they're letting the chinese into this country willy-nilly with no passports um no visas no nothing so that's our first problem problem number two is the fact that um i don't really care what the president although it was against the law was doing at his pala pala but i noticed that nobody seemed to cotton onto this all the farms the game farms around him are all owned by the UAE or the Arab Emirates. Or why is all our land being given to the Muslims? That's what I want to know. That's a terrible, terrible problem, especially seeing when the Freedom Front Plus did a survey. They found that 72 to 75 percent of the land is in the government's hands to do what they like. And the thing is, I don't believe in people having their hands cut off because you can't even beg for food if your hands are cut off. And while the government's doing like billion rand corruption and the people like Basasa and the money stolen from BBS Bank and Julius Malema's another corrupt person. While they're doing this whole scale corruption, the man in the street is getting less and less taxpayers' money or services, and he's the one who needs a loaf of bread, so okay, he goes and steals it, and he gets his hands cut off. Now, how is he supposed to ever work if he can find find a job with no hands? Now, no, no, this is Sharia law. First of all, women suffer because they they decided they have to be, um, you know, cut like men are cut, and that's so they can't have children or they suffer terrible birth pains or they die in childbirth. Now um, no no this is not on. We are in the in the in the very pit in this country. We've got Pakistani Muslims coming in and all the African shops are being taken over. They're selling the little African children who are dying in agony cookies. Mm. Now something has to be done about all these terrible things. People have taken over our country instead of being in refugee camps, they are They are taking over everything. We have to put a stop to this. I mean, people need their hands to work. We don't need Sharia law. We don't want the Muslims taking over this country, giving us Sharia law. All we need is an uncorrupt government. We don't want to suffer anymore. We've suffered.
1: We don't want to suffer anymore. We want an end to suffering and jobs. Jay, I think I, I do get your point. And I think um, I made Sharia law as well as just an example. You know, when you're a desperate man for a measure, any sort of a measure, I just used it as an example. I I don't think it is, you know, it's appropriate or it is relevant to the way we manage at the African uh, way of of, of, of um, leading. But it it's, it's almost like, what can we do to root out this corruption? But thanks so much for, for your contribution. Let's go to Percy before I go back. Back to uh, LACMO so that uh, we can close this conversation. Percy? Good
4: evening, Sibeta. How are you, my sister?
1: I'm very well. Thank you. Go ahead.
4: Uh, Jamba, Africa. Happy unemployment. Yes, Sibeta. Corruption is very high in this country. I want to be honest with you. Especially here in Northwest, there is no accountability that is happening. If you remember last time I was complaining about the uh, Freedom Day when President Ramaphosa was here in Matosana in Manzel Park, that two hours event, they spent 14 million. There was no food there. But there's a people who claim to cater, but they didn't deliver. Even in Pochistum, the event of Ramaphosa in Beza from last week, it was for this event. I think they spent more than 50 million there. But we are swimming in the pool of unemployment. And uh, everyone is protecting Ramaphosa. They say, Ramaphosa is our thief. We need to protect them. We are crying, she's better. I want to be honest with you. Unemployment rate is very high. We are swimming in the pool of poverty. There is nothing happening. President Ramaphosa, you know what he say? the input is true. He said, we are receiving 350 great grant. Why we are fighting. Mm. How can you, as a leadership, you tell us so? Because of, it's not like other people, they have finished school, they cannot get jobs because of CADA deployment. People who will those municipality department of health, because of they don't have a qualification, they choose for others. We can get job opportunity. Yeah. And uh, they say, President Ramaphosa, they say, they even say Zuma is not economics, but things are tough. Are President Ramaphosa is worse than Zuma because of, we experience even dangerous stage from low shadings is better. And uh, I don't know what's going on about our uh, down Why they don't downgrade our Because of things are falling apart every day. Those yeah. working, things are tough.
1: Yeah, Percy. Thanks a lot. I think let me leave it to 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 Lakmo just to close our conversation uh, because we still have to uh, talk about um, other you know other subject matters. What's your What's your uh, take, Lakmo? I think you are better. So
2: what I can say is uh, our corrupt leaders have mastered the game of impoverishing our people. So you find towards the election, you see them bringing goodies, they bring food to t-shirts to give the voter so that they vote them in next time. So I think we need to change the mindset among the electorate so that they know whom to vote for they know how to make the correct decision. In addition, you also find that, if I take an example of South Africa, we have got one of the best constitutions across the world. We have got very good laws, but the implementation part of it is the problem. So I think we need to think, sit down and think and come up with a way of making sure that we implement these laws that are already in place and we also need to empower our institutions. We have got institutions such as the SIU, the Works, and so on. These institutions are in place, but we do not get, give them adequate teeth so that they can buy those who are implicated in corruption. And maybe I can finalize by saying we have we had the Zondo Commission of Inquiry report that was uh, released a few years ago it's a fantastic recommendations, but where are we we are not implementing those recommendations so i think as a country we need to make sure that we implement some of these policies let us not waste resources in establishing or in coming up with the policies that we don't implement we need to see those people who are implicated in corruption we need to see them being arrested, being prosecuted, and if they are found on the wrong side, they should go to jail. If you go to our prisons right now, they are full of people. But those are people who are accused of petty, petty corruption. If you steal a attend today, you will go to jail. But someone who stole millions mm. in COVID-19 funds is walking scot-free in the street. So I think we need to do more about our and
1: management. Lakmo, thank you so much for joining us. We have to leave it at this point. That's Lakmo Chivandire, author and researcher at Stellenbosch University talking about rooting out corruption key to reducing poverty um, in Africa. When we get back we'll be chatting um, about um, artificial intelligence and um, how artificial intelligence is slowly taking over. Is it really good for us? I'm leaving this question open. What are your thoughts? What are your views? I know it has to be done because that's where the world is going and that is how we're just going to do business as usual. But at the same time, as human beings who have brains and we hardly use 50% of the intellect that we have, what's going to happen to us when everything we need, when our thinking is at a press of a button? Just a thought. We'll be back.